job on their sandwiches. Better than my trip this morning to McDonald's. Ordered a sausage egg McMuffin and they gave me freaking ham. <laughs> Who eats ham in general? <laughs> what? That's so true. Like, even on Thanksgiving, it's like the ham eaters, you know? Yeah. Who would choose ham over turkey? I don't know. The worst kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> I bet all the serial killers eat ham. Mm-hmm. It has to be accurate. The only time I like ham is the cubed ham in a salad bar. Oh, yeah. That's the only time. Because it gives little good. hints of salt. That's it. Hmm. It's like salty. Yeah. Okay, one more bite. Without having all the salt. <laughs> also adds a different texture too. You can just throw it on the floor. Well, I might eat it later. How do you do that? I'm like, shove it in my face till it's gone. Like, I don't know if you saw my cheeks full of <laughs> food <laughs> earlier when I was angry eating because mm -hmm. our audio is being stupid. No. I shoved my cheeks full of food. You know what? I purposely don't look at people when they're eating. Really? Like, I, I make it a point not... It's it's such a private... <laughs> to me, I'm just like, your face <laughs> is doing what it needs to <laughs> to get the job done, and I, I am not going to judge, and the only way I can judge is by not looking at you. Oh, sorry. I will watch you eat. <laughs> no, but do you remember when, like, Dad would make... Take a bite out of a cheeseburger and go... And his face would, like, <laughs> shake out of, yeah. like, stretching his mouth as much as I possibly could. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Anyway, he still then. does it. <laughs> does he? Yeah. I wouldn't know. I stopped watching. <laughs> I had to. All right. Well. But I think it's, like, their guard's down, you know? Yeah, that's and why And they're just doing, it. they're just doing what they do as a human. <laughs> and I just, I'm like. It's, well, how would you feel if somebody liked to watch you eat? Because your guard's down. I don't care. Oh. I just asked you if you saw how full my cheeks were. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm just like the golden rule. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have good manners in general. Mm -hmm. um, well, you're just eating. <laughs> like, I feel like if you're it's not eating bad with man. people, it's like hard to not watch people eat. You're like, oh, so I Where do you look? <laughs> Down at your plate and that's it? I mean, I guess that is manners. Well, yeah, I look at I look at everything but someone eating. So if I look at somebody and they're chewing their food, I look away. I look away and I wait till they're done. Oh, yeah, well, well, watch out. Don't hang out, <laughs> hang out with Katie and Foobs No, you're in a safe place because I'm not going to sit and watch you. Oh, well, I won't judge you, but I will watch. <laughs> so either way, you're in a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that started. <laughs> I don't um, know, but welcome to episode 13. Whoa. Yeah. 13. Unlucky number. Th it is. I was going to mention that, but... <coughs> You I did. did. <laughs> so I should have done the worst possible story for this one. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna. <laughs> We're gonna save that one for later. For the next one? Yeah. Okay. Because yikes. Yeah, we're actually recording two episodes today, you guys. You want to know why? Why? Because well, I'm going to Disneyland. That's, well, that's, <laughs> that's pretty lucky. <laughs> that is lucky. <laughs> so let's hope today goes well. Yeah. So far, it hasn't. Interesting. Episode 13 and their oh. audio is being stupid. Interesting it is. That guy had a fro. A full-on fro. His fro was smushed up against the ceiling of his car. <laughs> I've always impressive. wanted a fro. You know, if I had the hair for it, I yeah, would love I it. I would like it too. Yeah. But I've always wanted that like tight curly hair. I'm sure like 
hindsight, you know, like if I had it, I'd probably want other people's hair or if like, yeah, yeah. you always kind of want what you don't have type exactly. of thing. Exactly. Like when you have brown hair, you're like, oh, I, I wish I was hair. blonde. Yeah. When you have blonde hair, you're like, oh, I wish I had brown hair. And then, you know. But you know what I always do? I end up dyeing my hair red and regretting it. <laughs> I go ginger and uh, I regret it every time. Not because it's not cute, but yeah, because it's a high maintenance. Yeah. If you're not already a ginger, to be ginger is a nightmare <laughs> well, to I keep imagine up. Because you have to like make sure that your roots match. Yeah, and then I, my friend Whitney got married, and I panic dyed my roots, and they went flaming orange. Oh. But, anywho. Anyway. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, episode 13. Oh, yeah. Episode- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Haunt and Cold. I'm April. And I'm Katie. And we are your hosts. <laughs> and we're sisters who travel throughout, right now we're traveling through Utah, to different haunted locations and how we do it is along the way april tells us a local true crime story yep yep and when we get to the haunted place i just tell you why it's haunted yeah history so. and haunts yeah and the fun part is is that no one knows where we're going unless you looked at the title of the episode then you do but <laughs> <laughs> april doesn't currently know where we're going no so she gets to just sit and be like where are we going? <laughs> yeah, Katie just drives me and my car around and we're, we end up somewhere. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so you're going to Disneyland though. I am. It's my favorite place. And you're going to Vegas too, right? Yeah, so okay. Josh's birthday, my husband's birthday, is 2-22. He was born in 92 and yeah. it's on a Tuesday. Right. That's a lot of twos. So he is very excited. Oh, and it's also 2022. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to Vegas. He's been high on 22 on roulette, and he's hoping for <laughs> something good to happen. Like, he's been playing roulette, like, on, like, a app, or... No, like, in Vegas. Oh, he's... Is he in Vegas right now? No, we're going on 222. Well, you just said he's been high on 22 in on roulette. No, he's betting high on 22. Oh, betting high. Sorry. He's... So, okay. On his birthday, yep. we're going to be in Vegas. Yes. And he... And Corey are going to be betting on roulette 22 and 30 because he's turning 30. Is he going to bet $22 on 22? I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I'm kind of, I think he's doing $2,222. Whoa. He has very high hopes. Oh no. On one I told him bid? he could do 222 not 2200 Well, I think you there's know, a limit. Hit. There is a limit. So maybe yeah. he can't do the 222. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to end up doing. But I know he's going to put a lot. <laughs> Cuz he's and he's doing at 222 on the hour if it works out that way. On the 22nd hour of the day. Yeah. So 10 p.m. All 10 right. <laughs> if you guys are going to be 20 minute 22. in Vegas on that day at 10 p.m. <laughs> Watch for us at the roulette table. <laughs> Just kidding. I won't be there. Josh and his boyfriend will be. Yeah, because this episode comes out on February 20th, so that's in two days. Okay, give us all the good vibes, you guys. Everybody just send them April and Josh's way. Yeah, I am trying really hard not to jinx it because he hated me last time we were at uh, Vegas, and me and Jordan would sit there and say... Oh, I bet it hits five. (laughs) And it would hit five. And none of them bet five or whatever. Uh, And Josh got so mad we jinxed them every single time. Yeah, I didn't mean to. (laughs) 
Honestly, yeah. if you are even thinking other numbers, I would just walk away. Yeah. Just walk away. If it pops in your head, just, just be like, you know what? You'll jinx it. Yeah. You will. I gotta find my... No. What is what is your favorite thing that you've done in, in Vegas I so far? Vegas. I know you hate it, but like what what's something that you're like, you know what though, that that one time made it kind of The first worth time it. we went with Jordan and Corey, we explored Vegas and just like went wherever. So like we ended up in an arcade and we were playing in an arcade and oh, we fun. did you win roamed. anything? No. Jordan climbed into a machine to get a basketball, which was really funny. Um, like, she was allowed to? Well, or, I don't know. Oh. She just went in there because it was stuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got it. So that's where that went. Um, but, no, we had a lot of fun, and we were getting to know Corey. Jordan and Corey Stark were just dating, and so it was just, like, fun because we were exploring and just being adventurous. Yeah. But now we're old and lame, and we just sit in a casino. And we know guys. each other too much. Yeah, we know each other, <laughs> so we're like, "Oh, he's gonna bet 30. <laughs> oh, this is so lame. We've been there too much. It's just, I want to yeah. go somewhere new. <laughs> so we're going what? to Disneyland that we've been to like ten times. Do you like casinos, or do you not like casinos? I don't like casinos. Is it because it takes all of your money, or is it because of like, that just the atmosphere? Yes. Okay. Uh, we lose a lot. Yeah. We stand in the same place for a long time. I'd rather like be at a concert or I'd rather be at a show or I'd rather okay. be walking around and seeing things. Okay. But there's only so much to see in Vegas and I don't like to see inside of the casino and the same casino every time. Really? See, and I love casinos. I can. Like when I'm in a casino, like the insides of me just I feel like are just excited all of a sudden. I'm like, Whoa. "Really? Yeah, like I get so hyped." Oh, no. Even if I'm not there to spend a lot of money, just being in a casino, I'm just like, do you think it's, it's because you're on vacation or do you think it's because of the casino atmosphere? The casino atmosphere. Really? Like the lights and like the mirrors and like even the old lady smoking. <laughs> I just love it. Like it is just such a fun time to me. Like I know it's not everybody's jam. Like that's why I'm like asking a lot of questions because I'm like, really, you don't like it. Like, and it, I think it's mostly because I'd rather be like, I've been wanting to go to Salem, Massachusetts and be there during Halloween. And then I want to go to Halloween Town during Halloween. Like, I want to walk around and see things. You want to have, like, new memories. Yeah. But if I'm in the same... If I keep going to the same place and going to the same casino and watching the guys gamble because I don't want to do it myself. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it's just not my jam. Okay. So, when you're going to Vegas this time, are you planning on doing anything new? We're going to the aquarium. Okay. With the boys, because we're bringing the kids. Right. So, me and all oh, poor Jordans kind of stuck with me and the kids, but we're going to go to the aquarium. We're going to, we want to go to Little Paris for Levi. Oh. Because Levi wants to go to Paris and get a croissant. Oh. <laughs> that is so cute. And so, I told him we would go to Little Paris, which we are naming Vegas, Little Paris. That's awesome. We're gonna go see the, the um, Eiffel Tower, yeah, thing there, and so we're gonna go there, and then we're gonna. I think there's an arcade in there. Oh, I don't remember. Are you going to Circus Circus? Um, maybe we'll see. We're not there yeah. for very long. But oh, you're not. How long are you gonna be there? Two days. Yeah. So you're gonna be in California most of your most vacation. Of the time. Oh, okay. Sweet. I'm excited for you. How do you think it's gonna go? I hope it's gonna go well. Good. But I think Toontown. Oh yeah. 
is under construction. Oh, really? That was always my favorite. Yeah. I think it's under construction, so that's a bummer. Hold on a sec. I'm trying to get the Google Docs app because I am doing something new and I'm putting my notes on my phone instead of on a piece of paper. Okay. So there's no paper sounds. Oh. So we're going to see how it goes. Okay. Good luck. Okay. you. And to the listeners. <laughs> yeah. This might be a frustrating episode to listen to, so I apologize. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, you know, though, at some point, I got to put the directions of the TVS. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Here. Take that. Oh, wait. I can't. No, it's okay. I think I know how to get there. You know what? what? Do I'll it. just do this off memory. It's okay. Cool. Well, we might get lost. There's signs. Okay. There's got to be signs. All right. You ready for my story? So if we get lost, you just have extra time to tell your story. <laughs> okay. All right. This story I wrote yesterday. So <laughs> nice. Forgive me if it's uh, nice and fresh. Yeah. Still steaming. Okay. So my references are Murderpedia, a YouTube video of a 60-minute interview. The notes on LinkedIn were very confusing, and I had—I mean, not LinkedIn. Why did I say LinkedIn? No idea. I was wondering. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> anyway, because LinkedIn kind of is at the end of the story. Okay. Oh. Okay. But the Murderpedia notes we're kind of hard to piece together okay so forgive me if this is confusing but we'll get there okay yeah we'll get there so on december 28th 1995 in farmington utah a 91 year old woman ellen anderson was admitted to horizon mental health management which was geriatric yeah psychiatric unit at davis hospital Um, Her records described her as severely anxious and calling out for her children and very needy of staff attention. She would scream whenever she was alone because she was confused and had dementia. Okay. Which is really sad and scares the shit out of me. Right. Um, Her Horizon treatment plan estimated that she would return to her nursing home that sent her there after two to three weeks of treatment at the Horizon health management place. Ellen was admitted at 11.30 p.m. and was given an injection of morphine for pain control, as well as other medications for her psychiatric issues. Why was she in pain? Um, she's 91. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, morphine? Yeah, that's that's a... Uh, Pin that in your mind. I don't know if that's a saying, but pin it. (laughs) Okay, I'll pin it. (laughs) Pin it in your brain. Okay. Um, at 1... 1 a.m., a nurse noted her breathing was very erratic. Dr. Robert Wetzel, a director... Oh, my gosh. Hold on. <laughs> Spit it out, April. Can I... <laughs> Let me take a drink. That'll help. Sorry. Uh, my mouth is confused. <laughs> okay. Dr. Robert Wetzel, the director of Horizon, was managed... Oh, my gosh. Who's paged? <laughs> I'm sorry. Was paged at least twice when Ellen began thrashing her arms and moaning and screaming. Her confusion, right? Okay. At 3.30 a.m., Dr. Wetzel finally responded to the pages and ordered another shot of morphine. Okay. Yeah. By sunrise, Ellen Anderson was dead. Overdose. Yeah. The family was confused by the use of morphine as Ellen would usually scream due to her anxiety of being alone, but not due to pain. Next, Ennis Eldridge, 83, was transferred to Horizon after he became violent and took out five aides at his nursing home. Ennis was given two types of antipsychotics, a sedative and morphine. Okay. 
His daughter visited him a few days later and found him strapped to his bed. A nurse warned her that she should be careful and that she she could be hit or kicked if she removed the restraints. But she held her father's hand. He squeezed her hand and cried. He was unable to speak. Ennis died the next day. His family was told he had a stroke. That makes me so sad. That is so sad. Judith Larson, 93, was transferred to Horizon after she had a series of strokes and often shouted in her nursing home, uh, kind of disrupting other people that lived there. Uh-huh. Um, Dr. Wetzel told Judith's son that he recommended not moving to her to another care facility as she wouldn't live for much longer. They just keep her comfortable until she dies. Another one of Judith's sons said when he visited his mother, she was often asleep or unresponsive. Before she was admitted, she knew who he was, but over time at Horizon, she was almost comatose. Oh my gosh. She never complained of pain that they knew of, but yet she was injected with morphine every four hours around the clock. Well, she wouldn't feel anything if she had that much morphine in her. Yeah. She was given an additional 25 milligrams of morphine on January 3rd, 1996. She died shortly after. There was no medical reason found to give her the extra dose. Um, By mid-January 1996, two more women died of the same circumstances. Mary Crane, 72, and Lydia Smith, 90. And they're all elderly women, right? Uh, One of them was a man. Ennis, I think, was a man. Yeah, Yeah. so just elderly patients... Um, these five patients had a lot in common. They were all elderly, had advanced dementia, which made them difficult to care for in their nursing homes. Well, and I'm sure that, like, you couldn't really get a lot out of them if they had dementia. Yeah, know? like, they they're, if they were being abused. They, they were confused often, so it was hard, I think, for most people to care for them and understand what they needed and things like that. Wow. Um... They were all also being treated by Dr. Robert Wetzel, a psychiatrist who had been working for Horizon Mental Health Management for three months. He had moved from California in 1993 after becoming sexually involved with one of his patients. Wow. Let's see. Wetzel claimed these patients had a number of physical health problems such as pneumonia, severe weight loss, multiple strokes, and congestive heart failure. He said, quote, these patients came in, they were at the end of the road. They've been basically kicked out of their nursing homes, and I've got to do something and do something pretty quick. Um, In an interview with 60 Seconds, they asked, uh, why didn't you send them to a facility that specializes in end-of-life care? And he said they were brought to him and were in his care, so he did what he had to do to take care of them. Um, All of these patients had legal documents saying they wanted no extraordinary measures to keep them alive, and he believed they were dying. Um, and that it was his duty as a physician to withdraw all their regular medications and, with their family's permission, let them die naturally. So he interpreted that as, don't medicate them. Yeah. That's not what that means. Doesn't that usually mean, like, don't resuscitate or don't... Yeah, like, like if they start flatlining, not to, like... Like, work on them. Work on them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how I understand it. Right, but that doesn't mean to stop giving them their medications. Right. Ah, I hate this guy. Yeah. Um, let's see. He gave all five elderly patients morphine injections so they wouldn't die in pain. It took two weeks for all five of them to succumb to all their ailments. Wow. Um, so in those two weeks, 
five patients died, which is more than the ICU saw at the time. Wow. Which didn't, for some reason, didn't raise any red flags. Yeah, and like, I mean, didn't the family question it in the meantime? Being like, they've been taking like their blood pressure medication for this long. Like, why are you putting them off of that? Like, Well, they did question it, but they assumed they were getting good care. Until, so Dr. Wetzel continued his practice when some of his nurses were privately talking to state investigators about the recent deaths. Um, They were alarmed at the amount of deaths in just the two weeks in the psych ward of all places. Like, it was just a weird thing. That's not normal. Yeah, so the Layton City Police Department and state officials were concerned as well and opened a murder investigation. Um, Homicide Detective Joe Morrison of the Layton PD was head of the investigation, and he said some witnesses said Wetzel was apparently drunk whenever he was at the hospital. Really? Yeah. Wetzel was able to continue seeing patients for three more years until September 1999 when he was charged with killing those patients. Wow, so he was under investigation for three years. Yeah, and he was able to continue seeing patients. Like, it's so crazy. That's insane. Usually, I would think that they would, like, suspend his license until Until they figured it out. Yeah. They didn't have enough grounds. I guess that's true. It's like they don't have any proofs. Yeah. They can't, like, ruin his career. Right. So. So he was arrested in Bay City, Texas, as he stepped off his private plane. He actually moved to Texas when he got another job as a director of the geriatric psychiatric clinic at Metagorda County Hospital in Texas. So, so he's under investigation. He's like, oh, I'll just yeah, he go moved to Texas. He's like, oh, well, these people are hiring, so he got a job, and there yeah. wasn't like much on his record saying that he could have possibly killed his patients. Mm-hmm. It was like he had like. I don't know. It, wow. it was weird. But Whoever hired him did not do enough research. Well, there was, there's, I didn't put it in my notes, but um, there's a hotline that you should be able to call about any doctor. Oh, really? And they're supposed to tell you if they have any, like, complaints about them, like, oh. legal or otherwise. Yeah. And they gave a very generic response saying that he... I don't remember what the response was, but it wouldn't have alluded to he possibly murdered his patients. So I don't think anyone would have known that it was as serious as it was. I see. So um, at this Matagorda County Hospital, he had another patient, Lara Ware, who is 86 years old. She died under his care in similar circumstances. Um, His trial was in 1999. The lawyer on the team prosecuting Wetzel, so the state, was previously a registered nurse. The theory she had um, was that these elderly patients were put on medications that had them knocking on death's door, and then they threw morphine injections into the mix, and they wouldn't be able to come out of it. Wow. No patient with life-threatening illnesses should have been admitted to his psychiatric unit. They should have been sent to afterlife care. Exactly. The injections were technically given by the nurses under Wetzel's direction off often over the phone and he often failed to respond to pages from from the hospital some of his nurses told investigators that wetzel would threaten anyone who questioned his orders so really there were some nurses that believed he was doing wrong and that he shouldn't have treated them with morphine but then there were other nurses that were like, oh, no, like, they, you could tell they were in pain because they cried a lot. And it's like, well, they're old. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. They have lots, there's a lot of other reasons to cry other right. than being pain. in pain. Yeah. Oh, what is happening? You 
people are finishing their running races. Great job, Salt Lake Track Club. Woo! <laughs> Maybe there's an opening over here. Nope. Well, we can just park here. No yeah. parking between signs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. <laughs> oh yeah, just walk right in front. <gasps> oh, it's almost the thirteenth of February. It's the twelfth today. Oh my gosh. Thirteenth episode. We should have recorded it tomorrow. <laughs> On the thirteenth of February. Our planning is pristine. Yeah. There's, you know, sides of the road you can walk on. <laughs> They're track stars. They don't need sidewalks. No. Finally, there is it's like freedom. Go oh, in yeah. the view. Sure. I mean, see any signs saying why not? There's no signs saying <laughs> don't no signs. <laughs> <laughs> we rely heavily on signs. So if uh, you own an establishment and you don't want people parking in a certain area, put a sign. Put a sign up. Yeah, this is a nice cool view. spot. Noise. If we get kicked out, then we'll just. Say, <laughs> How would we get kicked out? There's literally nothing happening other than people. You say this is for the residents. <laughs> Salt air. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. I'm almost done. Um, actually, just a few months before his first patient died, an anonymous complaint was sent to DOPL. Do you know what that is? Doppel. Doppel. Yeah. Actually, shout out to Doppel. I. Sorry. I called them this last week to get my x-ray license renewed. Yeah. And the sweetest guy, John, helped me out two times in a row. I called him one time and I forgot his name. And I was like, that guy gives hope to the world. <laughs> and then I called again because I lost my hope. <laughs> and I was like, I need clarification. I need to be sure that my license can be renewed just by paying the fee. Like, I just, I need someone to like reiterate that to me. And it's John again. Hi. Oh no, we're actually just here recording a podcast about the Saltaire. Okay. Yeah. Um, Are we allowed to park here? That's actually no. If I could get you to oh. park on the fence line, the property's oh. closed for an event today. Oh. oh. Okay. Um, so that's the <laughs> okay. best way to to get right. to get access here today. Okay. Um, if you check our events calendar, you'll know when the events are, and then you can come out when we don't have an event. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Thank okay. you. What is she doing? Is she part of the event? We should yell, there's an event here. You can't be there. Oh my gosh. Was there a sign that said, don't park here because no. there's an event? No, there's no signs. Please, people, utilize Please signs. Park in the, we don't want to break any rules, but we also think your rules are stupid. People, I know that you're just running for your life, but <laughs> like, please get out of our way. <laughs> There's a road here for a reason for cars. Guys, we are a vehicle trying to get out. Yeah, but they're pedestrians. And Hello, excuse us. Stupid bitches. Oh, I hate sorry, there's a car behind me. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, I'm just gonna stand here in the middle of the road. Cause I don't know how to be a person. Cause I'm a track star. This is the effing worst. This is the effing worst. I know about the Doppel. Okay. Doppel is the Utah Division of Occupational and Professional Licensing. Mm -hmm. So they got a complaint that Wetzel was getting Demerol and morphine under his patient's name for personal use. 
sorry, for personal use. Doppel didn't share the complaint with the DEA, but six months later, after the murder investigation began, the DEA got a similar complaint to add to their investigation. Apparently, he would order bigger amounts of the drugs than he administered to patients and would sometimes even show up to pharmacies himself to pick up drugs with his patient's name, which should have been a red flag for the pharmacist because... The doctor doesn't usually pick up the prescription. They shouldn't ever. It, yeah. I mean, I know that there are some clinics where the um, nurses and, like, the medical staff can go and pick up prescriptions for the patients that are there, mm-hmm. but usually they have some kind of contract with the pharmacy. Like, there's, like, a, a mutual understanding, like, yes, this, this patient's giving me this permission. Mm-hmm. It's like so, a release type thing. Yeah, or, like, a permission probably. thingy. Okay, yeah. So law enforcement said the what that was Wetzel used the drugs with his brother who later died of an overdose, but they can't confirm it was related mm. or that it was suspected. I wonder, I wonder which drug morphine is most like, you know, like which illegal drug. I don't know. I don't know what it would do for you recreationally. Yeah. Just make you numb. I guess it's, it's probably like being addicted to painkillers, you know. Probably, yeah. Like just having that like... Because I've heard that they just have that good feeling or whatever. Yeah. It's just like you just don't feel pain. Hmm. So maybe that's just kind of what it did. I don't know what the hype's about, but I'm mm. uninterested. But like, I don't know. Bleh. So each medication given to these patients is technically reviewed by the pharmacy. And the hospital administrators conducted a formal investigation and found no wrongdoing on Dr. Wessel's part. Hmm. A couple of experts were interviewed by 60 Minutes and they said you can clearly see by the charts of these patients that they were they were not in good physical health upon admission and were clearly in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. um the lawyer for the state said that some elderly don't feel pain at all if we break a bone we feel it and we are in immense pain but when an elderly person breaks a bone they may not feel it at all who said that the lawyer for the state and i don't think that's true that's not that can't be i feel like they feel more pain Probably. Don't you think? Everything hurts, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, like, there's still people. Like, that, that's stupid. I don't think to that's To say true. that elderly people don't feel pain at all is a joke. Yeah, or or even feel less pain. Right. That can't be true. That can't be true. When she said that, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Like, a professional lawyer is saying this. You are so stupid. But I also don't know if that's true. We're not old people. Like, we we don't have personal experiences, obviously, but I mean, we had, like, our grandma just broke her wrist. Yeah. She was in a freaking lot of pain. Yeah. Tell you that. But she was also, she's also a badass and just, like, still handles things. Yeah. (laughs) That comment made by that lawyer in that interview kind of made me feel like she was not credible, but that's... Mm -hmm. That was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. I get it. Um, so Dr. Wetzel was confident that he would win his case in court. He locked up his house, fed his cats, and expected to be home the next day to take care of them. But he was actually convicted of manslaughter and negligent homicide and sentenced to 1 to 15 years in prison. 1 to 15? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. But... The prosecution never called Dr. Perry Fine to the stand. He's a specialist in end-of-life care at the University of Utah... And the prosecution went to him and asked for his expert opinion when they were investigating. Uh And he had agreed that Dr. Wetzel had given proper standard end-of-life of of treatment. Really? Yeah. 
He told 60 Minutes that after seeing the charts, he doesn't believe Dr. Wetzel killed his patients. He clearly told the prosecutors this is not a criminal case. But the Hmm. prosecution buried it and never mentioned it in court. Oh, that's a pretty big thing. I know we want to believe that this guy killed all these people. Yeah. But you have to look at the other side of it. Yeah, like some of them were in their 90s. There was a younger elderly person that was 72. Mm -hmm. But... This one was, like, a controversial one for me in my head because it starts out... Suddenly it is for me, too, because I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah, and there were a (laughs) lot of doctors, like, like doctor groups coming to his, like, not his aid, but, like, saying we support Dr. Wetzel because they were feeling like if this guy went to prison for pain management for the elderly, then doctors would be hesitant to give pain management anything to anybody thinking that if they abused it or if they took it or whatever then they and if they died then they would be legally in trouble Mm -hmm. but who's to say I know so let's see I took a turn I didn't see I know but it's fishy because within two weeks five people died of the same exact reason of the morphine so it's like you was he just too happy with the morphine medic like mm-hmm. prescriptions you get morphine you get morphine he just didn't like to it see was like cry. it was like his fast fix for them being uncontrollable give them morphine put them in a comatose state they'll they won't scream they won't panic they won't like they're basically they're better off asleep yeah or that kind of is how i see it so i feel like he was a little negligent with his prescriptions Mm -hmm. so but it is kind of harsh it can be harsh to say that he killed them yeah you know but maybe he was like you said negligent with how he was prescribing that yeah like i'm not a medical professional (laughs) surprisingly i feel like this could have been handled differently or if he really felt like they were near the end of their life he should have taken them them, or sent them to an after or end of life not afterlife facility (laughs) that's a funeral (laughs) (laughs) right uh so the prosecutors told dr fine or investigators told dr fine that he didn't need to worry about letting the defense team know about his opinion because they were obligated to share it but they didn't because it was supposed to be shared within the evidence right yeah But they didn't. They withheld that information. And the lawyer, the stupid one that says the elderly don't feel pain, she was like, I just didn't think it was relevant. Like, that is the most relevant. Yeah. (laughs) Can they get in trouble for withholding information like that? Yes, they can. Okay. Um, He didn't know. Let's see. Blah, blah. He didn't know until after the trial was over that they didn't share his opinion yeah so he went public with his opinion as well as the fact that prosecutors hadn't told the defense about it so Mm -hmm. he was like i told them this and this is my opinion my professional opinion and so wetzel had been in prison for six months by the time his attorney found out about this opinion so the trial judge had to rule that prosecutors had failed to disclose powerful credible evidence so wetzel was released from prison and a new trial was scheduled prosecutors and some of the victim's families asked for a new judge saying that judge k was biased and told both sides you know i do think that if they're going to do a new trial it should be a new judge yeah all new i think it should just be fresh jury fresh judge i agree so like they thought that judge k was being biased because he kept like not allowing witnesses during the trial 
So he was, like, picking and choosing what he wanted to listen to? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, what is he called, appeals court judge removed Judge K, but he also scolded the prosecutors for creating a toxin, toxic environment and pointing the blame at the judge. So mm. the prosecutors were, like kind of making drama and feeding rumors about the judge. Oh, really? Because I think the prosecutors wanted a new judge because I think they thought they would lose with this new judge. Wow. So, the prosecutors were kind of effed up. Yeah. So, November 2002. I wouldn't dare talk badly about a judge. I just feel like they have so much power. I know. (laughs) I know. Like, you are way too above my pay grade for me to say anything bad about you. Like, did you see that video of that judge from like Tennessee who kicked somebody out just for laughing at someone did you see that no yeah she was like you show respect like she was was somebody in like the congregation or whatever it's called Uh and there somebody was laughing about a victim it was something like that and the judge kicked them out and they ended up getting like nine months in jail wow because they were being disrespectful contempt of court or whatever something like that wow and she went off and she yelled at like whoever was with them like oh you want to laugh too try me and it's just like this judge (laughs) anyway so i just i kind of dig that though Yeah, it was really cool i'll have to send it to you i think i'm scared of judges because of judge judy yeah she's very scary to me I yeah. can't imagine being, having to go to court and, t- like, talking to Judge Judy. She, she just, just yell at you. I know. Like, she just, like, act like you're the stupidest human ever and then, like, say, no, you're stupid. Pay them a bunch of money. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, ma'am, I'll do whatever you say. Okay. Just don't tell my mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, so, November 2002, the trial consisted of three weeks of technical medical testimony and only two hours of deliberation of the jury the jury found dr wetzel innocent of all five deaths wow at the new trial yeah i feel like i'm always interested how long it takes them to decide you know yeah and like they kept like there were interviews with the prosecutors as well as the like dr wetzel's team and they're like it would just take one one juror to say i have reasonable doubt for him to get out of prison Wow. So it's like, I don't know, it's kind of tense. During that time when he was waiting for his trial, he didn't have his medical license at the time. They took that away. But then, so he was, and he was working at a restaurant as a waiter waiting for his trial. Wow. Yeah, kind of crazy. That is crazy. Um, so after he won, in a prepared statement, he read outside the courtroom, uh, he said, I'm terribly saddened about the completely unnecessary suffering of my patients, families. They have been put through enough. Finally, I'm deeply disturbed that the state ever tried to criminalize compassionate and appropriate care. County attorney Mel Wilson said there was a pattern to Wetzel's patient care that included over-medicating, not calling consultations when there were medical problems, um, so he was just a really bad doctor. He just wasn't... I don't think he cared enough to, like, actually help them. It's it's so hard because it's like... So the doctor was like, well... There were some doctors saying, okay, but it's quality of life. Okay, we can give them a couple days or a couple weeks mm-hmm. or even a couple months of life. But what quality is that? It's tough. Yeah, I see how it's controversial. Where it's like, no, he was a bad doctor. But it's like, but... He was also, like, helping them be comfortable. Yeah. You know? 
So it just wasn't his place, though. Like, yeah. he was a psychiatric he doctor. He needs to be more open about it if he was yeah. going to be... If he thought that this was the right thing to do, he should have, like you were saying, have those consultations and say, like... This case seemed to make some doctors hesitant to treat pain in their own dying patients due to the legal moral fence it can border. This is where LinkedIn comes in. <laughs> According to okay. LinkedIn, Dr. Robert Wetzel has left the medical practice in 2018. So after his trial in 2002, he was able to continue with medical practice. I don't think it went well because of this. Was he still living in Texas? or He's he... in Utah, I think. He's back in Utah. If this linkedin profile is real <laughs> he's in utah okay so he left the medical practice in 2018 to work with plant medicine oh. guiding clients to a state of beyond with psychedelics okay yeah he established the beyond institute working with the native american church have you seen nine perfect strangers mm -mm. on hulu no nope. you should watch it it's about <laughs> it's about nine nine okay this might be a spoiler if anyone hasn't seen it and you want to watch it don't listen to this next part skip ahead a couple times okay um so it's about these nine strangers they go to this wellness program get retreat getaway mm -hmm. thing um because they all kind of have issues but they're all wealthy people anyway yeah. so they're supposed to be perfect people yeah. but they go to this wellness retreat and this lady who is played by Nicole Kidman, mm -hmm. she is this the head of this wellness program, and she's microdosing them with shrooms, oh. and it actually is kind of helping them get through their th stuff. I'm only like on episode four, but it's kind of interesting, and yeah. it was weird that I was researching this, yeah. right? I was watching it yesterday as I was researching this, and once I got to the end that he went to a wellness program doing psychedelics for his patients, I was uh -huh. like, what is happening? Like, this that keeps... so... That's like, the, what is that, synchronicity? I don't know. It was weird, though, because it was like the very end of my story, the very last thing I found, mm -hmm. and that's what he's doing is what I'm watching on my show. Yeah. What if it was inspired by him? Maybe. Maybe. Is it a movie or a show? It's a show. Oh. It's like a season thing. I think there's only one season of it. But yeah, it's super interesting. That is really interesting. I, it, it blew my mind because I was like, what in the world? Like, yeah. I was like, I had to reread it a few times because I was like, hold on. <laughs> What's going on? Anyway, so that's my story. That's, that was a good one. I liked that one. That was I a like brain... Yeah. Roller coaster. Well, and I like that it's medical because I'm also getting back into medical stuff. So my yeah. brain's kind of been there lately. That's well, a good one. and it was at the Davis Hospital, which is where Jordan used to be. Uh, what is it called? Pharmacy. Pharmacy Tech. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about Doppel Office, which I called them twice and talked to John. Doppel John. Well, there's my story. That was a moral roller coaster, and I still don't know where I'm at with it. Yeah, that was crazy. That one's going to make me think for a while. I think it's because he sounds like a shitty dude. It yeah. started off, this guy sucks. Mm -hmm. All of these guys, or all, like, how did he have five patients yeah. die that close together of the same problem? Right. They were all injected with morphine. How is that not intentional, yeah. you know? But then it's <laughs> like, old people do feel pain. They do. But it wasn't his place. That's where I'm at. Yeah. He should have, he should have made different choices. Up front and had consultations. Consultations or moved them to an afterlife care yep. after talking to the family. Yeah. So if you're a doctor. <laughs> take our advice. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we know. We know. 
I wish people could see our facial expressions. <laughs> so we're looking at each other like, uh-huh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, April, where are we? Do you recognize? Oh, by the way, I liked your storytelling without the paper flipping. So I'm going to make it up with all of mine. <laughs> okay. So. Hey, Katie has paper. I yeah. am living in a more green. <laughs> green and updated world. Yeah. 2022. I'm still back in, you know, like the... 60s. But you know how I like struggle and I make the font really big? Yeah. I just did it on my phone. Oh. <laughs> I made the font bigger on the dock so that it wasn't hard to read through. Do you like it better that way? Yeah. But also because I don't have to print anything and mm-hmm. ink is absurdly expensive. Did I do my notes one time on my phone? Yeah. Which one was that? I don't know, but you did it in your notes Yeah. app. I did it in Google Docs. Huh. I don't know. I liked it. Um, but also to buy ink is like buying a whole new printer well yeah i'm actually running out that's why these were black and white pictures but now they're, <laughs> they're green green <laughs> green and white so but yeah we're at the saltaire the saltaire have you ever been inside of the saltaire no i know they have concerts here a lot did you know and you might say it but this post malone had a concert here mm-hmm. and i think if i'm remembering right and everyone will probably say you're full of shit because I'm probably I don't know anything about this. So yeah, but tell me. he had a he had a concert here, and they instead moved it out onto the sand instead. Oh really? And he fell in love with it, and he moved to Utah because of that. <gasps> he lives really? in Park City, and he says he loves Utah. Not only the views and the atmosphere, but he loves the people. You can always see like posts of him at local bars in Salt Lake City. Yeah, sometimes, like, because I'm part of the Twilla 411 uh-huh. page on Facebook, sometimes people will be like, post is at Walmart. But he yeah. is so nice. Like, if you watch interviews, he just seems so mm-hmm. down earth. Have you seen him with, uh, or heard his interview with Joe Rogan? I haven't. Oh, I saw that one on TikTok. It was pretty good. He's talking about Utah, and he's just like, if you just walk through the forest any forest in utah and he's just like it's just beautiful he's like no matter where you go he's like this is just the most beautiful place and it's just like post (laughs) and you know how you can't get into the skinwalker ranch or the saltair they let him in (laughs) really (laughs) yes wow we just need to we just need to become friends with post malone and see if he can get us into simple places (laughs) like the saltair (laughs) yeah if anybody is friends with him just Ask him if, if we can tag along to one of his adventures. Yeah, we, we just want to get past the gate. <laughs> you know what? I bet if we were friends with Post Malone and he was with us, we probably could have stayed in that parking lot in Salt Lake. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. They would have been like, oh, are you guys smoking in here? Oh, it's just you guys in Post. It's okay. Oh, you're totally Even if fine. you are smoking. It's- but because it's just little old eggs. <laughs> get the hell out of here. They're like, get the fuck out of here, you druggies. Right. Okay, so we're up the salt air. <laughs> yeah. But you've never been inside. No. Have you ever been swimming in the salt lake? Absolutely not. Really? The only time I'm at, I've ever been in the salt lake is when Josh was a brine shrimper. And he worked on the salt lake mm-hmm. collecting shrimp eggs. Did you know that the shrimp eggs can, like... I was seeing that the shrimp eggs, you can take the eggs... And, like, leave them in a box somewhere for, like, their hundreds of years. And they will rehatch still. Really? If they're, like, hydrated or whatever it needs to happen. Yeah. Like, the brine shrimp, they are, like, indestructible beings. They're, like, little cockroaches. They are. Gross. Isn't that disgusting? That is very gross. I don't know what they use shrimp eggs for. I think probably to 
hatch them. <laughs> they probably do. Like, I'm actually thinking they probably take the eggs. And harvest them. And harvest them to either put them somewhere else or... Feed to other fish. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But he used to work out there. And so, in the f- winter time. And so, I would go and visit him. And we would drive out on the salt lake when it was frozen over. Oh, really? It was kind of scary. I hated it. That would be scary. It was very eerie. And he would say in the winter there would be, like, fog everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you could be driving your four-wheeler and crash into a cow randomly. (gasps) Yeah. And then, obviously, you'd have coyotes out there. And so you'd see, like, dead cows in the fog. And he's like, it was freaking eerie. Because you couldn't see very far in front of you. You don't know what's going to pop up. And you had to kind of guess where you were going. I was like, this is scary. I bet it's like, I bet the people that are out brain shrimping, Josh never said, but I bet it's haunted out there. Oh, yeah. I bet there's, I bet you see the Jean Baptiste out there. Probably. Well, you know, I didn't put it in my note. I don't think I did. Maybe I did. But that makes a lot of sense because there was actually, back when the Saltaire was live and thriving back in like the 20s, the 1920s um apparently there was like three kids that walked here from one of the nearby towns like over here in the east i don't know if it was salt lake or if it was more like bountiful area but they had walked from there to the saltair and two of the kids ended up getting lost just walking along the salt flat area and i'm like and it was like january february december time yeah so i'm like that would make sense if it was just fogged over because it's like they just lost their sense of direction. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but how? There's mountains, you know? But if you're in the fog, you don't know where you are. Yeah. And then I think it said that one of them ended up, um, was found dead. Ooh. Yeah. But also it gets below freezing out there. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you get lost and you sit down, I bet you anything you could just freeze. Yeah. Right, right there. Well, me knowing all the things I do about temperature. (laughs) All right. So, ready? Yeah. This is called the Great Saltaire. It used to be called the Saltaire, Saltaire Resort, or a Saltaire Pavilion. Saltaire Resort? Yeah. Let me get to... You're you're about to be mind blown about this place. You're going to be like, no. And I'm going to be like, yes. so much cooler looking, though. It was cooler. There's actually a guy right now who's writing a book about the Saltaire, and he, I think, is an investor. And he's actually looking to rebuild and totally redo this entire thing to make it be how it used to be. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. I hope they do it because it. I hope so could too. Be so much better. <laughs> Ser- especially after like researching it, I'm like, this place was dope. All right, so. We are at the Great Saltaire, which is on the southern shore of the Great Salt Lake, about 15 miles west of Salt Lake City, Utah. The Saltaire was certainly not the first resort to be established on the Great Salt Lake, but it was the most successful and the most remembered. The first resort that was here on the Great Salt Lake was called Lakeside, and it was located more north of here and on the eastern shore, and it was near Kaysville, and that opened up in 1870. And in that same year, another resort opened up just also on the southern shore of of the Great Salt Lake, but kind of southwest of here. And that one was called Black Rock. Black Rock uh, was the first resort on the Great Salt Lake that had a merry-go-round ride. And because it was back in the 1870s, guess how it was operated? 
people pushing it? No, by horses. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that cute? Yeah. I'm like, those poor horses. But at the same time, I would love to see a merry-go-round operated by horses. Well, like, you know what? <laughs> Is it just them attached to a thing that they walk in circles? I assume. Because, I mean, they have that at... Um, like pony rides and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. But I mean, like, to ride... I guess that would be kind of dumb because you're riding a plastic horse <laughs> while a real horse is pulling it. Yeah. Unless they were actually on the real horse and it's just one of those pony ride things. It could be. I mean, that's what that meant. In my head, I thought of a merry-go-round ride. <laughs> I just pulled it. <laughs> but now that you're saying it, <laughs> I think that a merry-go-round ride was probably a real horse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Before the Saltaire was built, so we had these two resorts <laughs> on, the, on the Salt Lake. Before the Saltaire was built, um, the leaders of the LDS Church at the time said, these resorts are spiritually bleak, quote unquote. Which I'm like... Spiritually bleak. Yeah. So the initiative behind building the Saltaire was to build a family-friendly resort that was so that people can come here and have wholesome activities. So the Saltaire cost $350,000 to complete. Guess how much money that would be today? Two million. More. <gasps> what? Ten this million. This piece of shit? <laughs> Not this one. The old one. The, the nice one. The nice one. I'll three, show you a picture in a minute. Say three million? Ten million. Ten million. That would be ten million today. The investors slash owners behind it were the LDS Church and the Salt Lake City and Los Angeles Railway. Hmm. The church invested in something that's not church-related. Church. Yeah. Back in the 1800s. For money? Mm-hmm. For profit? Yeah. And, mm. like, in the day, that would have been in relation to about $5 million. Using tithing? Yeah. Which I'm like, you guys just... Is, like, okay, so when was LDS Church established? 1820s? Yeah. And here it is, 1873, so 50, 50 years, years. Later, later, and they're able to build... a. Ten million dollar building, or three hundred fifty thousand, but you know, for a resort. Anyway, (laughs) uh, weeks leading up to the grand opening of the Great Saltaire, Salt Lake City saw a huge influx of tourists from all around the world, and the city was booming. The Saltaire's opening was on June eighth of eighteen ninety three, and back then that was Decoration Day, which is now Memorial Day. Uh, The grand opening had 10,000 people that were here, including journalists and tourists from all over the world. Wow. It was a big deal. News articles from back then showed that they were advertising concession stands that would have popcorn, ice cream, fountain soda, and lunch items. Also advertised for souvenir stands with celebrities' pictures for sale. Which I'm like, that's just so old. Yeah. Just such a simple time. In the ghetto. (laughs) Just kidding. kidding. It's just old timey. For 10,000 people, you think you have enough popcorn? That's at least like... Back in the 1890s? Four million pieces of popcorn you have to have. At least. (laughs) At least. Oh, man. That's a lot of popcorn. Uh, The resort was immediately so popular that the owners wrote a written apology in the newspapers to the public saying that they were sorry for everyone's trains being late because they were so delayed because of all the popularity coming to the resort. Wow. In this apology, they were also like, we didn't realize how popular this was going to be, so we're going to add additional train cars because that's how we're going to fix the problem mm. for people being late. So we'll just add more cars because they to had... To fit more people. Yeah, exactly. 
In a news article from the Salt Lake City Herald, it said that the Saltaire was recognized as the grandest resort in America back in the day. What? Yeah. Back then, people described the place as being very grand and elegant, um, and the, the interior was very similar to the Mormon tabernacle. Wow. So, here is a picture from the newspaper back then that somebody drew it. That's what it used to look like. What in the heck? Isn't that so different? So, the Saltaire was built on top of the water. So all this is underwater. Hey, global warming. Right. The Literally, there's not water for miles anymore. Yeah, so the Saltaire was on top of the water. This is a huge, like, pier, mm-hmm. about a half a mile long and 50 feet wide. Along it were bathhouses for men and women. They even had a, a shop, I guess you could call it, on the inside of the Saltaire where people could rent out bathing suits. They had like 1,500 bathing suits. Insane. I never knew. Never would have thought, huh? No way. Yep. What the? Sad thing Where'd is, I go? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, sad part is too, or not sad, but interesting is that it's not built right on top of the old one. The old one was more over there somewhere. What the heck? Crazy, huh? Yeah. So you can hold on to that for a second while I'm talking about it okay. if you want to. Yeah. The first floor, which is the main floor, was the dance floor also from the Sally Herald that dated, that dated on August 3rd of 1893. They were advertising a waltz contest where the winner would receive a $50 prize, which is about $400 today. So they would have dance competitions. Fun. And oh, I can imagine how fun that would be. It, yeah. Uh, the second floor was a restaurant and it could seat 1,500 people at a time. The third floor was an observatory where you could see the sunset over the lake and then see the stars at night. Oh, wow. Isn't that so cool? Bring it back. Right. For a long time, it held the record for the world's largest dance floor. They said 5,000 people could do the foxtrot at the same time under the open air. That would be so cool to, like, be in the same room as that. Yeah. It was immediately nicknamed the Dance Palace. Mm. This was often a place where the youth would come for dates because from the moment they boarded the train in Salt Lake City to the moment they would return to Salt Lake City, they were always being supervised by some community leader. It was very much ran and operated by LDS leaders. So they always made sure there wasn't any shenanigans or anything. No hanky-panky. Exactly. So like parents were very trusting that this was a safe place for their kids to come. They'll find a way. Sorry. <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> where was the bathrooms? Where were the bathhouses? <laughs> right. So the owners were the LDS church and the railway, right? Mm-hmm. They often had debates on whether or not they should allow alcohol to be on the property. Well, we know where that's going. Yeah. So what they decided, which is, as far as I know, I'm, this could be wrong, but they had what they called a beer shed outside where people can go drink (laughs) which I'm like what difference does it make if they're drunk inside or outside doesn't matter where they consume it they're still going to be intoxicated (laughs) anyway so they had a beer shed that's funny it's like an outhouse (laughs) yeah kind of it might have been nicer because this place was like supposedly very elegant and I'm sure if they had people that wanted to drink beer it wasn't just some shack outside. I'm sure they made it some somewhat nice mm, but hopefully. I have no idea. I don't know. There's no description of it. It just said a beer shed. Huh. Uh, for a time it was considered the most popular family-friendly destination west of New York City and eventually people were nicknaming it the Coney Island of the West. Whoa. Yeah. There's no rides. Well. One of the most popular things to do here, besides dancing, was swimming and floating in the lake, which was known to be one of the finest bathing resorts in the West as well. Ew. 
A large pier was built and was designed to look like the one from Coney Island. And like I said before, it was half a mile long and 50 feet wide. Oh. Before white settlers came to the area, the natives would actually use the salt lake for the medicinal purposes of the salt. Mm -hmm. They passed that information down to the white settlers and then as you know, the towns grew and everything, they realized that this was actually a really good place to swim and then yada yada. Ruined it for the natives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So bathing in salt baths has been known to treat and cure infections, lupus, acne, and psoriasis. Mm. Swimming in salty water also helps your skin retain more moisture and promotes new cell growth and it helps with inflammation. Really? Research now shows that it helps also strengthen your immune system because studies shows that after you swim in salty water, your blood cells increase five to 20%. Mm. So back then they knew it. Well, the natives knew it first and then they told the white settlers about it. So people came here not just for the activity of swimming, it was also to help with all those problems too. It's a wellness retreat. Yeah. There's a theme. Ah, maybe that's what we need. <laughs> yeah, maybe we're getting signs you guys gotta get well in your brain yeah exactly this is a psa to anybody who's not well in the brain <laughs> okay back in like the 1920s or 30s the four aces played here which is the band that does mr sandman mm -hmm. mr sandman bring me a dream Yes. In 1906, the LDS church sold the Saltaire to some private LDS businessmen so they can just take off with it. And it no longer had ties to the LDS church anymore other mm -hmm. than it just got started that way. Oh. Uh, in 1910, two random windstorms came through and ended up destroying 200 bathhouses and other structures on the property. Wow. Let me just tell you, you'll see that, because I'm just going to go through like a timeline of like what happened to this place. And I'm just going to say like a preface is that this place seems to be cursed with a lot of natural disasters. I bet it's because we took away stuff from the natives. Um, yeah. <laughs> in er, on June 21st of 1907, a 55-year-old... 50, gosh. I don't know. Let's take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Wet the whistle. <laughs> <laughs> a 55-year-old man drowned while swimming in the Salt Lake on June 21st, 1907. This is a stupid question, but wouldn't salt help you float? Yeah, how do you drown? <laughs> 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 this is not something to laugh about. It's not. I mean, they say that a baby can drown in like two inches of water. So maybe this guy just like went <gasps> under the water and then he couldn't cough it back up. He just forgot he can't breathe water. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, by 1919, the Saltaire was still a popular place to visit, and they were having at least a thousand customers a day. Mm. Fun fact, the Saltaire was one of the first places to have a skee-ball alley. Oh, I love skee-ball. I know, me too. And why was that not more popular than bowling? Bowling sucks compared to skee-ball. Yeah. I could skee-ball all day. Oh, same. Wait a minute. We should do this. We should open, should we a, open ski a ski ball? Should we open a skee-ball? A skee-ball alley? A skee-ball alley with a skating rink like a roller skating you got it <laughs> Watch wait out we it. should ask post if he'll help us rebuild the saltair <laughs> we'll put a ski ball alley in it and a dancing and a dancing and area. a skating and a hey posty <laughs> oh posty <laughs> we got a Idea proposition for you he's like yeah i've already have better he's ideas like, you guys are aren't shit it's like so. who's the one that's more successful yeah <laughs> no okay uh this place had a roller coaster as well 
It did. It was called the Giant Racer. Can you imagine it? Nice. Yep. I imagine the blinking lights and the and the sign. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had lights. How would it not? Was there lights in the 19... 19- yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, apparently there were three different versions of the coaster. Mainly because they were just making adjustments and improvements and repairs over time. The second version stood to be 110 feet tall and was the world's largest... Sorry. The world's tallest wooden roller coaster in the 20s. Old ads of the coaster would say, A ride through the clouds. Ooh. When people think of roller coasters in Utah, we think of Lagoon. At the same time that this wooden roller coaster was up, the wooden roller coaster at Lagoon was built. Mm -hmm. And that one's only 45 feet tall. This one was 110. Whoa. Uh, Dangerous? Yeah. Okay. I'd say. In May of 1924, a few of the cars on the roller coaster smashed into each other. And after the people were, like, taken down from it and they were investigating the coaster to figure out what happened, they could not figure out what the malfunction was. Mm. On April 22nd of 1925, a large fire destroyed parts of the resort and the roller coaster. On July 2nd of 1928, an 18-year-old tourist named Herman Hegenberger died while diving into the Salt Lake. Ooh. Yeah, don't dive into it. It's not that deep. No. Another fire broke out in 1931 and caused around $100,000 worth of damage to the main building and the coaster. But after that fire broke out, a third version of the coaster was built. And this time it had two peaks to it that were 110 feet tall and it had eight hills in between them. Wow, that'd be fun. Apparently it was so fast that after the first drop, they had installed brakes that would initiate on the first uphill. So the cars would slow down enough for the rest of the ride because it was going way too fast. Oh, wow. I mean, there's really no way to know exactly how fast it was going. Back then, they didn't have a way to measure that. But by calculations, people believe it was going at least 55 miles per hour. Mm. And in today's world, the average speed for a wooden roller coaster is 30 to 40 miles per hour. So this one's going way too fast. Yeah. Um, so by this time they had a bowling alley, they had a penny arcade, they had pool halls, and a roller skating rink. Hmm. I know, they have really good ideas, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> In 1932, another freak windstorm came through and killed two construction workers on the property. In wow. 1933, so the next year, Utah experienced a drought. The lake's water receded so far back that they ended up adding another train stop so that they could take people to the water to go swimming. Mm. And that deterred a lot of customers. Yeah. In 1939, so six years after that, another fire broke out and burned the pier. So that huge pier just burned. Yeah, I'd say it's cursed. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. From 1944 to 1945, the resort was forced to close because the United States had just entered World War II. And the people weren't spending the extra money to come out here. It just wasn't a good time for people to have entertainment. Yeah. Um, and if they did have entertainment, they went to, like, their local theaters and, like, things like that where it's just down the street. Like, yeah. the walk there. Um, it was around this time, too, that the motion pictures came out. And this place didn't have a motion picture theater. So people were like, it doesn't even have a theater. Wow. So yeah. ghetto. <laughs> so. Has everything else you could think of, but not a motion picture theater. Yeah. Uh, the dance floor was still considered to be the largest in the world by this time. And it was advertised that it could hold 10,000 people. So in the beginning, it was 5,000. Mm-hmm. Now it's 10,000 thousand people. In the early 50s, the owners of the Solterra were seeing a decline in sales and knew that they needed to sell the property. So guess who they reached out to? 
The LDS Church. No. Post Malone. No. <laughs> In the 50s. In the 50s. They reached out to Walt Disney and they said, hey, do you want to have this property and make There this- could have been a Disneyland on the Salt Lake. So Walt came out, visited the area, and he liked it. He was like, actually, this is pretty dope. But do you want to know what the problem was? What? Is that we couldn't be open year round because of the winters. So he'd have to shut the coasters down and stuff. He's like, I need it to be somewhere where it can be open all the time. So he moved it to Southern California. Jordan, if you're listening, we could have had a Disneyland in Utah. (laughs) Hey, another theme, Disneyland. Yeah, my heart's broken a little. Well, that would have been so awesome. It really would have been. So Walt ended up opening Disneyland in 1955. So just right after. In freaking California. Yeah. Californians. Sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, also in 1955, so the same year that, that, that Disneyland opened, the Solitaire saw another devastating fire that ended up destroying more of the bathhouses. Wow. In August of 1957, a tornado touched down in Salina, Utah, but a major windstorm and thunderstorm still rolled through the Salt Lake Valley and ended up destroying Solitaire's iconic roller coaster and just tore it to shreds. People say that they described it as falling matchsticks. Wow. Like, just gone. Wow. It was going to be $100,000 to repair everything, but they couldn't afford it. Yeah. So, the next year, in 1958, the Solitaire Resort closed its doors for good. In the early 60s, it was the backdrop for a low-budget horror film called (laughs) Carnival of Souls. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Did you watch it? No. Oh. I didn't, but I did read that people who are movie buffs and, like, directors, actors producers people like that they actually refer back to that movie for a lot of like guidance this is where they filmed it so that's pretty cool a lot of the reason why people like to go back and watch that movie even though it's not a great one is that it shows the interior of what the solitaire used to be which you don't see that anymore because this isn't really what it used to be yeah um, also, in that movie, they show parts of old downtown Salt Lake City. Oh, really? So, yeah. And that's back in the 60s. That's pretty cool. That is cool. In 1968, an arson fire burned down the concourse, entry gate, concession stands, and support structures. Mm. In 1970, another fire was started on the property, and it burned all the remainder of the coaster to the ground. Wow. Uh, what I found really sad is that apparently the last fire in the 70s lasted for almost three days because there was hardly any water to put it out. And what really sucks is that there were a lot of reporters that would come out, like new reporters that were trying to get like a reputation. They'd come out and like film themselves in front of the fire and do retakes and stuff. And they were almost like advertising it, trying to make themselves look good. And people were like, it was so cringy because it was like, do you realize how historical this place was? Yeah. And it's burning to the ground and you're trying to make yourself look good. Yeah, don't do that. Like, if you're trying to be a good reporter, you still have to show respect. Yeah. Ugh, anyway. That's stupid. Uh, During the 70s, though, so the place burned to the ground. But during that decade, Tooele County started to see more growth. And therefore, therefore more people were traveling along Mm -hmm. I-80, which is along the southern shore of of the Salt Lake. So investors, they were like, hey, we should probably fix that place up, (laughs) make it look better. So in 1981, a new pavilion was constructed and Solitaire was once again reopened in July of 1982. And that's the version we are looking at. But back then, as luck would have it, a huge flood came in in 1984. Oh my God. And caused the main floor to be five feet underwater. So imagine how high. What in the world? Yeah. 
where it's like it's you know the water receded so far back for decades and then all of a sudden as soon as they get it rebuilt okay. i'm convinced it's cursed they had just restored the dance floor oh that sucks like oh yeah so basically the building was underwater for years until finally the water receded back again um, in 1992, the property was bought by the Great Salt Lake Land Company, and they began to restore the building again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, they added a stage on the dance floor so that music groups can come by and perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made this place into a concert hall. And they reopened the Saltair again on its 100th birthday on June 8th of 1993. Mm. Since the 90s, bands like Foo Fighters, Soundgarden, Evanescence, Avenged Sevenfold, My Chemical Romance, Fallout Boy, Cobra Starship, All Time Low, 21 Pilots, A Day to Remember, Papa Roach, and Post Malone. Yeah, <laughs> I love all those. Yeah, and so many more. Um, a lot of those kinds of bands have come out to perform at the Saltaire and get f- great feedback, I'm assuming. <laughs> they, I think they kept coming back on. <laughs> all right, so... That's the history of the Saltair. Mm-hmm. Now let's go on to the deaths of Saltair. Are okay. you ready? Yeah. So, okay, there's the railroad that went from Salt Lake City to the Saltair way back in the day, yeah. right? Back when it was being constructed in 1892, uh, an eight-year-old boy named Johnny Anderson was walking along the bridge that goes over the Jordan River, and he lost his footing and fell into the water. No. His body was never found. That's they sad. They believe that his spirit used to haunt like the road out to the Saltaire. Hmm. There was a suicide on July 1st of 1898. A man jumped to his death from the top of one of the bathhouses. Wow. On August 16th of 1905, by the way, this is not all the all of the deaths. I went through newspaper records until like 1920s and I had to stop there because I'm like, there's so many deaths here. Really? There are so many. Okay, on... August 16th of 1905, an 18-year-old died suddenly while swimming in the water. I read an article in the Salt Lake City, sorry, the Salt Lake Herald that on July 16th of 1906, a a 67-year-old woman (laughs) named Mary Camp was taken here to swim with her family and also died suddenly of a heart attack. On July 11th of 1914, a politician named J.J. Greenwald also died while swimming, just suddenly died. Um, on May 12th of 1920, a six-year-old named Maisie Felch died while riding the giant racer, the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. On July 7th of 1922, a 26-year-old named Sanford Wilson died while, on, while in one of the bathhouses, just suddenly died. And the last one I'm going to talk about is, have you ever heard of Saltaire Sally? No. Okay. Well, let me tell you about Saltaire Sally. Okay. On October 8th of 2000, two men were duck hunting on the shore of Great Salt Lake near Saltaire when they stumbled upon a plastic bag with a white sock and an extra-large Hanes t-shirt. When they looked closer, they found a half-buried body buried in the tall grass. Mm. Attached to its skull was long blonde hair and around its neck was a choker necklace. Mm. Detectives searched missing persons records, dental records, and published a description of the victim and the belongings with them but there were no leads, and the case was eventually closed. The remains were quickly nicknamed as Saltaire Sally. Twelve years later, with better DNA technology, the d- detectives took another look at Saltaire, Saltaire Sally's remains, and they were able to identify them as 20-year-old Nicole Bacoles. Nicole was originally from Washington, but was living in Utah at the time of her disappearance. 
The last time anyone ever saw Nikki was on March 15th of 2000 at a hotel in South Salt Lake where she was living with her boyfriend, Joel. Joel says that the night that she went missing, they had an argument and she stormed out and no one knows what happened to her after that. Her family didn't report her missing for three years after, after Why he so saw long? her. Well, they waited so long because they wanted to give her space because she had just recently lost her one-year-old daughter to a custody battle with the CBS. Oh. So they're like, she's probably just living a different life now, you know, and she doesn't want to be bothered. And like her family lived in Washington. She lived in Utah just randomly. And so they're like, she just wants to be left alone. But literally did they know that she was actually missing. That's so sad. Even though the, the cause of death was never determined, it was assumed that she was murdered. The case is still unsolved, but however, in 2020, a tipster contacted the Cold Case Coalition and gave information that is now reopening the case with a new person of interest. They believe that Saltaire Sally slash Nicole is the main spirit that haunts the mm. Saltaire. And they believe that because it's kind of like, you know, the whole unresolved issues thing. Yeah. Because her case is now being reopened and it's like, ah, we might find out who her murderer is. So, the paranormal. Are you ready? Yeah, one sec. I'm like terrified. <sighs> Alrighty. So, because the Great Saltaire is on the shore of the Great Salt Lake, I can't help but mention Jean Baptiste. Yeah. Um, he was in episode two. If you guys listened to our episode two, <laughs> that's that was a great story. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, but he's known to to also haunt the shores of the Great Salt Lake. The Great Salt Lake is also known to have water babies in it and a lake monster if you just listen to episode Mooney. two. No, that's at Moon Lake. Well, I know, but I... Oh. we talk about how there were tunnels under oh, yeah. the land and it's they probably go all over? It's probably the same one. Okay, you're right. Mooney. Mooney. But when he's in the Salt Lake, he's salty. Yeah. What if they're like... What if there's like a... What if there's like a family... And maybe we should rename the Salt Lake monster as, like... We don't know. Sultan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the the new name of the lake monster in Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, the Saltaire is a very popular place to visit for a lot of different paranormal groups, even ghost adventures. Um, If you watch... So, okay... I know that a lot of people think that ghost hunters and ghost adventures, like, you can't always believe everything that you say on, or that you see on there. Yeah. Which I agree. Totally agree. But what makes my story spooky is the maybe it is a ghost. Okay. <laughs> you know? So yeah. let's just assume that all of this stuff is real. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That's all I have to I say. I mean, anyone interested in ghosts and believe in ghosts, they're just assuming that ghosts are real. I know. But, like, some people... I just... Sometimes when I read the, the stories, I'm just like, come on. Like, it was probably just, like, a faulty pipes or something, you know? So when you see Zach being an idiot mm-hmm. in his episodes he doesn't listen to this so i'm not gonna be in yeah. trouble but he he is stupid like yeah. when he does his investigations he's he dramatizes a lot of things he does. but it doesn't mean that there isn't there isn't like spirit here yeah, yeah i totally agree with so that. was it zach and his team that came here or was it yeah. the ghost hunters i think both came here okay 
Um, but I didn't really look into Ghost Hunters because I don't have the subscription and I couldn't find the list and I was like, whatever. <laughs> so, but I did look at the Ghost Adventures episode. Okay. Which they came out here in 2020. They did? Mm-hmm. During the pandemic. They, they sure did? did? Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to watch this episode. It's pretty good. I remember I watched it right when it aired and I was like, oh, I should... Or it was, actually, no, I watched the episode right when we decided to start the podcast. And I was mm. like, I gotta do that story. And I was like, that's a big one, so I want to save it. Yeah. And here we are. Well. It's episode 13. <laughs> <laughs> so, where am I? <laughs> when Ghost Adventures visited the Solitaire in, in their episode, uh, Zach asks if Solitaire Sally's spirit is what's haunting the place. And after he asks... He asks that they hear a voice off in the distance. I couldn't really tell what the voice said. They might have eventually said that it was it said this or that, but I you can like listen to it and you hear something and it's like that was definitely a voice, but you just don't know what it was. Oh, okay. But it seemed like an intelligent response. Uh, Ghost Adventures, they also got different EVPs such as Go With Us and Get Out and We Can Get a Fix. That Weird. sounds druggy to me. I know. I was like, we can get a fix. Or it can sound kind of old-timey, like, yeah, let's get our fix at the soda fountain, you know? Ah, uh, okay. Or get our fix dancing, or, you know, I feel like that's kind of, it could be an old-timey thing. Yeah. Or it could be a druggy thing, like, nah, I just need to get my fix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just depends. In the Ghost Adventures episode, and also from an experience that I heard from a Facebook user named Mark M., both of these experiences, they claim to have seen a green-colored orb that would zip around the air Ooh. inside of the solitaire. You might cover it. Do they do investigations here? Or let you do investigations here? They might. Uh, if any group is, like, allowing people to do investigations here, it's probably Grim Ghost Tours. They're kind of, like, the big, the biggest oh, company okay. in, in the state. I would check with them first. This car is just driving with their door open. Okay. Yeah. Wow, this this uh, parking lot really filled up. We couldn't have possibly parked over there. Should I move over one space, do you think? Okay. Uh, according to a blog post called History Goes Bump, an employee of the Solitaire claimed that an apparition of an elderly woman is sometimes seen roaming between the remnants of the old Solitaire and the structure that is here. So, wherever it was before, sometimes an old woman is seen walking back and forth. Oh. Uh, that same employee said that there is also a spirit of a little boy who is seen bouncing a ball against the men's bathroom. Hmm. Guests who come here during the raves, because I guess they have... What's that big rave that's, that comes through? What is that one called? E... Starts with an E, doesn't it? DOS Energy? Something I don't know. Like that. Anyway, there's a big annual rave that's hosted here. And, pe- and guests who come to that, or customers, whatever you want to call them... People who come, they they have reported that they see children on the outside of the property, like children's spirits. I play peekaboo around different structures and the building and stuff. Oh, there's a cop. They're not coming for us. <laughs> why are, why am I so nervous? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so ghost hunters, when they came here, they reported that that they believe there is a demon entity on the third floor of the building. Okay. Many employees refuse to be inside the building alone at night because of the experiences that that they have had. Hmm. One employee claimed that she was cleaning the women's bathroom and heard a frantic banging noise coming from the men's bathroom. So she stopped what she was doing, went to go look, you know, see what this banging was for. And as soon as she went into the men's bathroom, the banging stopped and no one was there. Ooh. 
Um, and when she went back to cleaning, the banging happened all over again. That's scary. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. Employees often hear the sound of someone running in whichever floor is above them. A pair of red glowing eyes have been seen coming from the window inside the kitchen. Ew. There is a staircase inside the building that came from a downtown hotel, and ever since it was installed into the building, a ghost of a man has been reported being seen at the top of the stairs. So they believe that, like, whatever spirit was there is now came here, which okay. I'm like, which hotel was it? And I couldn't find that information. Oh. A video, I found a video on YouTube from the Paranormal Polynesian, which I mentioned them in the Sarah, uh, Sarah Theater episode. Yeah. Well, they also came to the Saltair. Um, he did an investigation here in 2021, so just last year, and he was using an ovulus, which is the device that has the dictionary in it where oh, yeah. words will pop up. I want one of those. The phrase all alone came up, as well as the names Drew and Amelia. Mm -hmm. Also, a word cord showed up, uh, the word known, and the word evil. Ooh. A Facebook member named Susan N. said that she did a paranormal investigation here in May of 2021 and said that she was using some sort of laser device to see like light disturbances and stuff and when she took a picture of the laser lights she caught a photo of what appears to be a large black shadow figure and then she posted it on the utah haunted history to see like what people think it is mm -hmm. like whether it's a person or if it's just like you know light yeah. yeah if it's nothing and when i was reading through the comments some people pointed out that it either looked like some people thought it looked like a man hanging from a rope from the ceiling <gasps> Some people think that it looks like an eight-foot-tall demon figure, shadow, shadow figure that has horns. Ew. It's like where people were seeing rope. They thought, no, those are horns. Either way, not good. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Paranormal investigation group called Paranosis. They're well-known in Utah. They did an investigation here, and their full investigation is up on YouTube, so you should definitely check it out. Mm. But if you fast-forward to one hour and 43 minutes, you'll see the creepiest thing ever. Okay. Uh, one of the investigators, they were outside and they were like looking out, out to the water. Mm -hmm. And off in the distance, it looks like a woman dressed in a white dress and she's walking slowly to the side. Ugh. And like when I was watching it, I'm like, yeah, I don't see anything. Like, what are we even looking at? But then like after a second, cause he's like, oh my gosh, it's moving. And like you look and you're like, oh shit, I do see that. And it's like, it's like this big, like, maybe an inch on the what screen. What is it called? I want to watch it. Uh, Paranosis is the group. No. Just type in Paranosis Saltair. Ah, man, I gotta watch it. It is, like, totally worth watching. I watched it a few times, and I'm like, that? Did you watch their whole investigation? No, I just, like, skimmed through. Because they posted the entire thing. Yeah. And there's, like, an hour of nothing on there. Oh. And I think they do that, though, so that you know that it's not edited. You oh. know, in yeah, any way. I like that's it's, fair. Yeah. Okay. So he's outside. right there see that mm -hmm. Hello? <gasps> I moved watch oh my god did you guys see that hello oh my god holy crap you guys what is that that's, that's someone funny. walking yeah hey it looks staticky too that is in the water whatever that is that is holy insane shit. That's crazy to me. Ugh. I know, I, I lost it. I'm like, that is the creepiest thing. Um, in that same video, when you fast forward to three hours and three minutes, one of the investigators named Vincent appears to be shoved down the stairs. Oh. Also in that, that same video, just seven minutes later at three hours, ten minutes, if you listen closely, some people 
hear what sounds like an EVP of a whisper saying burn. Ooh, that's eerie because of yeah. all the fires. Right? Oh, gosh. Uh, so definitely check out Paranosis and their videos. They're, I think that they're, like, legit. I really like their stuff. Is it, like, do they have a team of people? Or is they it- do. Yeah, and one of the people on their team, I forgot who it is, one of them has helped me with a few stories. Oh, like, really? I've, I've gone and been like, hey, can I need information on this? Like, check out this. And it wasn't until this story that I'm like, that's the person that's been responding to me like on like the posts and stuff being like oh you know you can check out this video or check out this website like giving me information i'm like how nice i just love when groups are helping other groups you know or helping other keeping information to themselves yeah well thanks for helping yeah honestly uh lastly i stumbled upon ghost of com, and the author of this blog is someone named gabe and he's from italy he described in this blog post a strange experience he had while visiting the Salter alone one time. He said he stopped here late at night and parked in the parking lot, which he got farther than we did. Yeah. <laughs> he came out just to look at the building because he heard about it and was like, oh, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing anything. I'll just drive out there. So he came out here and he parked in the parking lot. And he said that while he was here, he just felt creeped out. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, but I want to get out of my car and, like, look around. So he got out of his car, and he said that while he was out of his car, he felt like he was all of a sudden in a trance. The way he described it were visions of what it used to look like. Whoa. And he was like, it was the weirdest feeling. And he's like, I feel like I didn't have control of myself. He said, I got into my car, and I started to just drive. And he said, I was driving, I don't know which, maybe that way. He said, I was driving on the salt in my car in my little rental car. He's like, I was driving and then finally I snapped out of it and stopped, turned around, came back to the parking lot. So then he said that he went back to his hotel and started like researching the Salter and stuff and realized that the road or like the way that he was driving used to be an old road that he, that used to be there when it was first established. He's like, so I don't know what happened, but I think I was like somehow being taken over by to, a spirit. Yeah, to, like, reminisce about the way it used to be. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Less scary, but scary at the yeah. same time. What if he was being led by someone who visited here and was from Italy? Like, someone Maybe. who... Maybe. Because, like, yeah, because people from all over yeah, came. Yeah, because it was, like, a hot spot for tourism. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Maybe. That's cool. Yeah, so I think that was all of my notes. But let me just double check. No, yeah, that was it. Here's a picture, though, of people swimming here back in the day. That is huge. Right? And see how they're all wearing matching bathing suits? Yeah. So those are the ones that they used to rent out, and it would just say Saltair on the front. very unamused. <laughs> I saw that too. I was just like, like, wow. like the grumpy old man who was forced to go on vacation with his family, and he's yeah. like, this is the worst. Right. Like I said, I didn't want to be there in the picture. There are too many people here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. In this giant lake. There's yeah. still too many people. <laughs> but see how it says Saltair? Try to sink. Yep. Cool, huh? That is so crazy. And that's the story of the Saltair. Oh, that's so sad it's turned into this. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, isn't it just so sad what it's kind of been burned down to? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. You guys are listening to this on February 20th, and you'll hear the next one on March 6th. Yeah. For us, it's only going to be 20 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. And for you, it's going to be two weeks. So, hope you don't miss us that much. Yeah. Nobody misses us. Who are we kidding? Don't you wonder, like, you can take this out, but don't yeah. you wonder, like, who is our repetitive listeners? I do wonder. I want to see them all in a room. 
I was actually thinking about like making a little paper with like stick figures that we can just put right here. I think that's our audience. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, who are we talking to? And it's like all these stick figures, like little cutouts of people. I'll make something for next time. One of those like paper doll fan (laughs) stretches out. Yeah. Okay, we'll make something next time. (laughs) Episode 15. We'll put faces on them and like. (laughs) We should put like celebrity faces. (laughs) Yeah. Like John Wayne's listening to us. Yeah. Posty. Post. He's got to be right in the middle. Yeah. Because we're talking to you. We just want him to be our friend. That's all. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Happy. I hope you had a good Valentine's Day because that just happened. Oh, yeah. Um, on March. Happy birthday, Mom. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Josh. Happy birthday, anybody else. Happy birthday, Pisces. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Just cover it all. It's just, you know, it started today, yesterday. Tell us about Pisces. What are they like? Pisces. Um, well, their element is water. Their, like, symbol thing is fish. Yeah. Um, and that symbolizes a half man, half horse, half fish creature that pulled Aphrodite out of the ocean when she was first created. And, um, Pisces, the word Pisces in Greek means fish. But I'm just, like, blurting it. Anything you know. But, like, are they... Are they, what are their characteristics? Do you know Oh, that, that stuff. Um, I just, you suck. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> They're whiny sons of bitches. Yeah. Let's and describe Josh. Okay. He is a pain in the ass. He yeah. doesn't listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. He does what he wants. Mm-hmm. But he knows what he wants to do. Well, does he? I mean. Is he wishy-washy though? No. No? Oh. I am. and i'm a taurus Mm -hmm. he makes friends really easy a hard worker josh works hard like okay let's take our deck for example he works hard (laughs) Uh but he improvises Mm. so like if things aren't going the right way he'll make up Mm -hmm. how to fix it and just shrug and say yeah that's good yeah that's fine uh what else does josh do Mm. he's an annoying drunk He's very <laughs> huggable and doesn't. No one likes that. Oh yeah, he learned that I didn't like that real quick. Real quick. Let me look up Pisces info. Hold on. Okay. Pisces people are known to be emotionally sensitive, gracious, and emotionally aware. Pisces characters are regarded for being among the most sympathetic of the zodiac signs, and they will go great lengths to ensure the happiness of those around them. So people pleasers. Joshua is not a people pleaser They're by also any means. Creative and imaginative. Also untrue. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that's according to Times of India. What's a reputable source? Astrology.com. Okay, let's try. <laughs> okay. They're compassionate, artistic, intuitive, gentle, wise, and musical. Josh plays trumpet. Uh, his sisters are probably like, he was not. I don't know if he was good at it. <laughs> weaknesses, they're fearful, overly trusting, sad. You know what your weakness is? You're sad. You're, you're just sad. Uh, your other weaknesses, if you're a Pisces, we're talking to you. Um, your weakness is that you like to, your desire to escape reality and be a victim or a martyr. That is not Josh. Mm-hmm. He is annoyed by that mm. trait. Like, it angers him so much. Yeah, that gets annoying. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. Uh, Pisces like being alone, but they also like love. They like sleeping. 
They like music, romance, swimming, and spiritual themes. That I that's Josh. He likes to be alone. Okay, but he also, also likes swimming. He's been inviting Josh or Mitch to go swimming a lot. It's because he's supposed to be tra- training for a triathlon. And he hasn't started, and it's in October. Oh. <laughs> He's going to die. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Pisces dislikes. Uh, they don't like know-it-alls. They don't like being criticized. Mm-hmm. They don't like the past coming back to haunt them. And they don't like cruelty of any kind. <laughs> oh, Pisces are very friendly and often find themselves in the company of very different people. Yeah. They are selfless and always willing to help others. Mm-hmm. A very fine intent for as long as they don't expect anything much in return. Uh, people born with their son in Pisces have an intuitive understanding of the life cycle and form an incredible emotional relationship with other humans on the basis of other natural and senses guiding them. Pisces, the loving fish. That's what I'm you go are. I'm going to call Josh a loving fish. <laughs> go swim your little fishy scales out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to get real annoyed about that real quick. But anyway, if yeah. you are a Pisces, we learned everything about you. We, so. we know everything now. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, also, one last thing is on March 1st, if you are a Patreon member, you will be rewarded with. <laughs> Just kidding. You'll be blessed with. <laughs> a fascinating On Deck at Dusk mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And it's going to be about sleep. Yeah. So everything you would ever want to know about sleep, we might tell you. We might. We don't know what we're going to say. <laughs> we, don't know, we don't even know if our notes are even coming together yet. How are yours? I haven't even started. <laughs> I watched we had the topic. a movie about sleep. Oh. That's as far as I got. Great. April's going to cover a little bit of true crime, something about sleep. I'm going to cover a little bit of paranormal, something about sleep. We're going to cover scientific stuff. Maybe how to help you sleep better. Oh, sleeping tips and tricks. Or how to sleep worse if you want. In the needles. And <laughs> like with. if you don't want to sleep at all, well, we could tell you how yeah. to not do that. Like you should put a TV in your room and have it playing all night. You should be on your phone always. Yep. Blue light all the time in your eyes. Uh-huh. Tape your eyelids open. Yep. Watch a lot of scary movies. Mm-hmm. Um, have a baby. And sleep with like hard rock playing in the background yeah that has to be the most soothing thing yeah anyway so <laughs> for more tips and tricks <laughs> check us out on march 1st on take a desk coming right at you yep I'll but only you. if you pay for it <laughs> yeah uh not for free like you're hearing us now uh you'll have to give us your pity pennies so give us four bucks the 400 pity pennies <laughs> <laughs> give us 400 pennies yeah. And you can listen to us talk about sleep for probably two hours. That's fair. <laughs> and you might fall asleep. <laughs> that, even better. Even better. You're welcome. That's that's worth it. It is. You're, I mean, <laughs> you can listen to it every night before you fall asleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Skip the, the sleep, you know the sleep app? The sleep sounds? Yeah. Skip the, your, the subscription for that. <laughs> <laughs> slip, slip. Skip your subscription for the sleep sounds. <laughs> Skip your subscription for the sleep sounds. That's really hard to say. Yeah, there's a lot of S's in there. Oh, gosh. Um, do that, though. And subscribe to our... <laughs> Why did we say... Skip your subscriptions for the sleep sounds. Say that five times fast. Yeah. And then... This outro is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cut out any of it. Okay. All of you guys just going to listen to this because this is the real us. 
You've been listening to the fake us the whole <laughs> time. Joke's on you. <laughs> Episode 13. Yeah. Is where it all comes it's out. unlucky for all of us, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, check us out on Instagram at Haunt and Cold Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Haunt and Cold. Check us out on Facebook at Haunt and Cold Podcast. <laughs> That's it. Mm, okay, bye. bye. <laughs>